Welcome to Simply by Grace, a podcast of Grace Life Ministries with founder and director, Dr. Charlie Bing. This podcast and other helpful resources can be found at our website, gracelife.org. Now, here's Dr. Bing. Well, greetings again. I'm sitting here in New Zealand, which is down under, down under, my first visit here. And I'm sitting in Tepuke, spelled T-E, new word, P-U-K-E, but don't dare pronounce it the way an American would think to pronounce it. It is the Kiwi capital of the world. And I have had the best Kiwis of my life here, not the green sour ones in the U.S., but the sweet golden ones. What are those sweet golden ones called? Yeah, they're called the gold kiwi fruit. (laughs) So there you hear the kiwi fruit and the kiwi accent all in one. That's my friend, Tori Hilton. And Tori and I first met when he came to the United States and visited the Free Grace Alliance Conference in the Dallas area. And we went out and showed him around a little bit, uh, some of our culture. And he was just looking for some Free Grace contacts. But I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about himself in a minute. And we're also sitting with uh, Jeff Coleman, who is an American but has been living here in New Zealand. And he can tell you a little bit about... uh, what he's doing and why he's here. But uh, Tori, tell us just a little bit of background about yourself personally, and then we'll get into more ministry stuff. Yeah, right. Um, great to be on your uh, podcast with you, Dr. Charlie. Um, yes, my name's Tori Hilton, born and bred down here in New Zealand. We would call Kiwis New Zealanders and Kiwi fruit, Kiwi fruit. <laughs> but that's fine, <laughs> we'll take the Kiwi. Um, a little bit of a background for myself. I bought, actually brought up in a free grace type environment. Um, my father was a, a flaming hot evangelist and um, traveled the country, South Pacific and India, um, through the United States. In fact, he had a radio station that ran right across the world, um, just preaching a free gospel, uh, free salvation rather, um, free grace gospel. And so that's definitely a background. He had started a number of camps through New Zealand and... Um, yeah, I was brought up in that environment, um, branched out from there, um, just finding it really, really hard because our camps were designed for non-Christian people to come, and so you'd have two or three hundred non-Christian kids coming, um, as opposed to a, a lot of Christian camps that have Christian kids coming, we'd see the kids come to faith in Christ, and then trying to graft them into the church is always incredibly hard. So that generated a growing passion in our soul to be... Um, involved in church and the church scene in New Zealand at that stage wasn't very strong. So we went from there out and had the joy and privilege and honour of being involved in two or three different church plants um, and then back up here to where we are in Tipuki. So that's kind of like an overview of our journey from camping into um, church planting environment and now working at a church called The Orchard here in Tipuki. Yeah, and we'll find out more about uh, some ministry information. But uh, Jeff Coleman's also here. And he's very passionate about his free grace position. Uh, just briefly, how'd you come to that position? And what? how did that bring you to New Zealand and other places? Charlie, it's good to be with you. Yeah, um, so I'm from Kansas. I grew up in a Nazarene church, which is Arminian. And uh, I went to the altar, you know, quite often to to recommit my faith, make sure I was saved. And I love I love my background. Um, I read the Bible from an early age, so I really had a good good grounding. But 
when I went to law school in University of Denver, I went to Mark Perkins Church called uh, Front Range Bible Church, and he taught verse by verse uh, from a free grace perspective, and um, he had been influenced by R.B. Theme, Baraka Church, and Robbie Dean, and was fr good friends with a lot of those guys, and um, just, uh, there was Steve Lewis, actually, he, he taught about he was at Rocky Mountain Bible College in those days, and he taught about the three phases of salvation, and it clicked, and I realized the difference between justification and sanctification, and I knew that my um, salvation was secure and uh, changed my life. And from then on, I've gone to four different free grace schools, uh, Rocky Mountain Bible College, Grace School of Theology, Chafer Theological Seminary, and finally, I made it to Dallas, where I uh, finished up my THM in 2016. So I've been to all four of the flagship <laughs> Free Grace schools, and um, so here in New Zealand, uh, it's a different it's a different environment in terms of Lordship Salvation and Free Grace, and there's a lot of churches battling over that issue, and I've just been through a tough tough uh, situation in my church, and so um, it's important to me that we get the free grace message out there, and the Orchard Church is, is doing that, so it's good to work with Tori. Yeah, we won't, maybe can hear a little bit more about that uh, issue of Calvinism splitting churches or coming in and infiltrating the country. It's been nice for me to have almost a reunion with Dallas graduates here in New Zealand, like <laughs> uh, Graham Blakey and uh, Jeff... Um, Graham and uh, and to meet uh, Jeff Coleman here for the first time, mm. uh, but Tori is uh, one. He's the kind of person I call a spark plug. He's a visionary, a visionary, but doesn't just see things that need to be done. He actually gets them started. So you started a ministry called Long Story Short. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about that ministry and how mm. it led to the Winter Bible School, which was what mm. brought me here. Yeah, a really interesting background for that too. Um, I guess for me, um, stained by my parents and then as you read through the Bible and just see the heartbeat and the passion to go into all the world and looking around and thinking about, in New Zealand in particular, we, we don't have a Bible belt per se. Um, the people's understanding in the church on, of the depth of Christianity is not there and so they find it pretty hard in our culture that is incredibly Western and uh, very woke currently um, to communicate the gospel message. And we're saying, well, how, how do we go about that? And so um, we looked at a number of different resources that were available worldwide, and they were predominantly um, built for people within the church to understand the gospel. And all the guys that I rode Harley motorbikes with, you know, they, in New Zealand, they had no understanding of the Bible at all, whether God was a male or a female and whether you could trust the Bible. So we said, let's develop a resource um, that tells the story of the Bible, because in many ways, if you tell the story of the Bible, to some extent, it becomes its own apologetic. Um, you don't have to go into an argument for uh, creation at the front end because as you go through the Bible and they see the geography and how the world's laid out, they go, oh yeah, that's because God made the world. So we spent a lot of time developing this resource and um, 
it's driven primarily to help my friends come to faith in Christ. At the moment, I think it's in a 150, no, it's in 50 different countries and it would be viewed by nearly 150 million people um, as of last year. Um, and we're having the joy of seeing many, many people come to faith in Christ. So that's, and just incidentally, uh, Charlie, behind that, um, Jeff Smith, who you uh, briefly mentioned, we took him, he's a Dallas grad, we, we took him on as really early on, that was about 13 years ago, and we said, listen, we need to write a theology um, <clears throat> that sits behind this resource so it can stand up on a world stage. And so <clears throat> those books, um, there's two of them, they would be probably about eight or 900 pages a book and that's the theology that sits behind the story of the bible that we tell now so it's pretty substantial what are the titles of those books those books haven't been published and uh, sitting here in a printed form and uh, it's one of those jobs that one day we're going to get back and publish them uh, but at the moment it's just the backbone for the product that we've um, developed um, the what really pushed us into the, the journey for us within there, and that's probably another subsequent question out of um, my free grace, then into Calvinism roots, and then back out of that. that that's another question that you might have. But the, the Winter Bible School um, just came out of seeing this desperate need in our country for people to become equipped to at least understand the Bible, to get the big arc of the Bible. So we started seven years ago teaching a book of the Bible um, in, a, in a, an overview state. So we obviously started in Genesis and Jeff Smith taught that. And we're just working through, and we're up to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the book of Proverbs next year. And um, then subsequent, we have um, two other speakers that are working through. And um, this year, obviously, Dr. Charlie Bing's with us. And um, we've had a, a wonderful time um, with Dr. Charlie and then uh, sitting alongside that, um, Graham Blakey. And um, so, and those two different topics, and so there's three topics, and that's over um, three different conferences throughout the country. And it's an accumulation of people coming together to think theologically, to think a little bit deeper. And we hope that that's going to go a whole lot more beyond that. But that's sort of the origin of Winter Bible School, a long story short. Well, it was a wonderful time to teach. And we had, I think we had good attendance. I, mm. That's my opinion, my observation. The rooms were virtually full. And we got some really good responses. I think some people really made some life-changing decisions yeah. in these and gained assurance of salvation and things. And that's always nice to see. Of course, it's easy to get there from the book Romans, which is what I was teaching, and uh, talk so much about those issues. So when I told people I'm coming to New Zealand to teach in the Winter Bible School, they would often ask me, well, where is that located? Which city or something? And I had to explain to them it's it's a, what we might call a modular school or one that is it just takes place in the winter, which is the summer in the northern hemisphere. And we have it in three different locations. So it's not a continuing year-long thing. But uh, we we do want to know more about that, especially those in the Free Grace Movement, because the uh, Free Grace message here is Christianity in general is marginalized. The Free Grace message is marginalized even more because of a great surge in Calvinism. Um, I'll get want to hear a little bit about your story, Tori, uh, with Calvinism and your run-in, uh, or 
change of mind about that. But uh, let's ask Jeff about his story because he's just fresh out of a, what we might say, a church conflict over that doctrinal issue. So what, what went on down there on the South Island? Because we're in the North Island here. Yeah, it's a bit raw because it's, uh, it's still in the middle of it. So I won't say too much about specifics, but... Um, I my it, it's an it's a brethren heritage church um, that uh, doesn't have a you know strong doctrinal statement and so there's a lot of wiggle room um, and uh, as an American coming into a New Zealand environment um, there's some pre preconceived ideas and assumptions that that I made coming in and so part of it is just being a good cultural. Uh, literate person and, and figuring out the kind of um, culture you're dealing with, some some of the things that are under the surface in New Zealand culture. So I made the mistake of not um, spelling out and getting into the details about soteriology and so, the doctrine of salvation on things that I take for granted now that I've been, you know, well-trained in free grace theology. And uh, I guess I just assumed that, uh, you know, that they that we'd be along the same same uh, wavelength, particularly because I thought that the Brethren movement had been heavily influenced by Free Grace, mm. and there were a lot of DTS grads that had been coming over for years, and so I just kind of assumed that that was kind of an understood thing that uh, we're not Calvinists, we're not Lordship Salvation, we're we're kind of the Free Grace denomination in New Zealand. That's why I gravitated to uh, the Brethren movement. But um, I've since learned that, uh, and John MacArthur had a big influence in the maybe late 80s or, or 90s, yep. and Tori can talk about that, but that he has had a huge influence, and um, that has sort of divided, I've come to realize, the Brethren assemblies throughout New Zealand and I just got caught in the middle of that. And uh, there are some brethren churches that are, are strong in free grace. Others don't have a real strong position, probably live and let live. And then others like the orchard are firmly on the free grace side. And so knowing that um, helps has helped me to uh, figure out where I need to be and who I need to be working with to uh, spread, spread the good news of the grace of God. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're sorry about the trouble that you went through. It's always a painful time, but God has his ways of working things out, I think, mm -hmm. to make you a more valuable tool in the tool chest, his tool chest, and what he wants to do. Tori, can you tell us a little bit about how your thinking has, uh, uh, towards free grace and Calvinism has affected you and your ministry and what you want to accomplish? Mm. As I mentioned, um, <clears throat> my 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 heritage in the in the brethren type church movement is has been as Jeff mentioned predominantly a free grace movement. We've had lots of connection over the years with um, Word of Life organisations like that, um, New Tribes Missions, and all all of those. So that, that that was our background, and definitely that was the 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 stable that I was brought up in. Um, and within our movement in New Zealand and the Christian church movement, the evangelical movement or the conservative evangelical movement, um, there was, as you get with a second and third generation, a misgeneration, and there seemed to be no 
really solid Bible teachers coming through. And for, the, for those of us who were a little bit younger at the time, this is back in the 80s, we were looking around and it was um, maybe your father or your grandfather that could teach. And there was just seemed to be a, a, a big void of people that could communicate the Bible to us younger generation. Um, <clears throat> I was also youth pastoring at the time and we were looking for um, some way of... Um, getting youth groups going so that the young people that come to faith, we could plug them into dynamic youth groups where they're getting discipled. And we thought we needed a curriculum and went overseas and started looking around and discovered there that it was really a philosophy that we needed to change away from, for the youth, that was just about hayrides to a discipleship culture, which we knew at heart anyway. And so we connected with uh, a number of churches, but ended up um, with a whole bunch of uh people were really really good friends out of grace uh, um, grace church with john macarthur and the youth department and um, so we started bringing them to new zealand and that was late 80s um, and we ran a lot of big conferences through there you know 800 young people mm. would come we're training youth leaders and the, the more and more we journeyed into that the um, more and more i guess um, calvinistic we became and we were running, you know, with seven or 800 young people coming, and then we'd run a school of leadership for the week after that, and then a church leadership. Um, our strategy was long-term to then send people to Master Seminary, and I think we sent 18 or 20, it might have even been more than that, to Master Seminary to come back and to be engaged in the local church. Um, and the outcome was a little bit of what Jeff has seen. You know, there's been a lot of conflict. Yeah. Um, but that took us down a, a pretty strong almost a five-point Calvinist um, position that we adopted. And it um, you wouldn't say that it's brought Reformed theology to the whole country, but it's definitely been very instrumental in doing that. Um, it was very interesting. At that point, <clears throat> I'd connected with Jeff Smith, and um, whom I'd known for a long time and had planted churches and was a great Bible teacher. And we invited him to help us develop Long Story Short. We said, well, let's write a theology so that we know what we're going to say because he was a three-point Calvinist at least and I was probably a little bit more, almost eating the whole tulip. Um, so we started working through this thing and we had to answer the question, so who were the whosoever? Who did Christ die for? What, what are we actually communicating? Um, when they come to faith, are they eternally secure or are they not? What place does works have in the salvation package that we're going to be communicating? So all the big issues were there on the table and we were telling the the story of the Bible from the beginning to the end. And as we went, worked through there, we worked through there, and we told the trust that we were working for that it would probably take us a year. Well, I think three or four years later, we're still trying to write the theology and trying to work out the story of the Bible in regards to salvation. And it was working through that, that one day Jeff and I were sitting there as um, in a Calvinist stable and we looked at each other and we said, we just can't make this work. The, um, we have this little saying, this dog won't hunt. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't pull this all together. And um, that was uh, the beginning of a journey back to, for me, back to my roots, and in some ways for Jeff Smith too, um, who was a primary researcher, to go back to our group roots and say, wow, you know, if you're telling the whole story of the Bible, th it is a free grace message from, from mm -hmm. the beginning to the end. And so that is the some of the journey that we've gone through. And it was in the middle of that that we thought, well, I wonder how many other people 
seem to be thinking or hopefully thinking like this around the world and that's where he caught up with Dr. Charlie and Dr. Dave Anderson over at the Free Grace Alliance, went to the conference over there and found that there's still a network of people around the country and around the world and it's just been wonderful to um, link arms with them and have some fellowship and some encouragement from them. So that's a little bit of the, the, the journey mm -hmm. in a nutshell, so to speak, mm -hmm. of where we've come from and where we're sitting currently. And um, yeah, I don't know if you want me to talk about... Yeah, I, w I do want to get into a little bit more specifics, but <clears throat> it's amazing what happens when we start studying the Bible and trying to put it together. Mm, and, yeah. And when we do that kind of serious, inductive <clears throat> Bible study, we think it through, uh, we, I think you come out with a free grace position. Yeah. And and that's all the only place you could come out. I know that New Tribes now called three, Ethnos 360 likes to teach the chronological chronological approach to the Bible just for that particular one, especially for that particular reason. It's always the lamb that dies for the people, not what they do. But yeah. anyway, we won't get too <laughs> sidetracked by that. Um, so I, I see the need here for Bible teaching as in so many other countries, but here there's resources to make things happen. Uh, but you do have needs. Mm. Um, can you talk about what your vision is for the country and filling the needs for deeper Bible education and grounding in the great gospel of grace? Yeah, we have definitely got a passionate um, vision for a lot broader than just the, the church that we're part of here called the Orchard Church. Um, we have a, a national vision where we want to do everything we can to provide opportunities for people to come together of like-mindedness. So that's why we have um, the Winter Bible School. And just recently, we've added a, um, a, a half-day event called the Bible Coalition, um, which it's a little bit like the some of what happened, I guess, with Schaefer, where you, someone presents a paper and then you all read it and you get together and have some discussion about that. So we've started that. Um, we run the Bible School in three different um, locations, which is that's only a, a weekend. Um, but what we have been able to develop is a, a little track called Cultivate where we can take, and this is just for our own church at the moment, where we can take people and it's like a, it's a seminary level education, but it's local, it's, it hasn't got a degree, it doesn't get any government funding because those are all big structures that we haven't been able to adapt yet. But we're very interested in um, training people in that particular stream of free grace. Um, we've linked in the past with, uh, and currently with um, GSOT Grace School. And so we have people going over there. I think we have three or four studying over there and we're exploring pathways whereby we can link closer with them. Um, we're not quite sure how we can do that because our academic level down here is different than over there and our training institutions have a different uh, paradigm that they work to. But we're working through some of that now, hoping that we will be able to provide for the people of New Zealand a quality education with a, a obviously a three free grace bias running through that. Um, one of the big things, Dr. Charlie, is in the country there is, um, like I guess most Western countries, a desperate shortage of, of pastors um, and desperate shortage of people that actually know their Bible. And um, just exploring last night as we we're having coffee, thinking what would it look like maybe if, if we could find um, people maybe in the US that um, are, are well studied, that have lived a lot of life um, in the pastoral world, 
um, obviously that know their Bible um, and maybe um, they get nine in years. That's slightly older than I am, maybe. <laughs> and um, whether they might be possible for some of them to come down here for even for two or three years, um, not so much to even lead a church, but to come in alongside an existing church that we can help them align with and um, make sure that that church is going in the right direction and it's got the right belief structure around it. And just exploring the possibility of of having someone that wants to come down to New Zealand and do some good fishing <laughs> and deer hunting. You might get some people that way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and come, to, come down for two or three years, but just be able to open the book and to teach teach the Bible and um, just see that as a, a wonderful um, investment into our country. And it could just be for two years. It might be for five years. Um, but it would need to be someone, I believe, that's, that's older and been... I guess, kicked around in ministry, someone that's had some cross-cultural experience because the two cultures are very, very different. And um, New Zealanders um, are, are peculiar in many ways. And they like people that are very gracious um, and gentle, um, but at the same time, clear in their communication. So for that reason, you know, someone that's a little bit older and uh, can just come and teach. And I don't know, there might be someone in your network that would be interested in uh, helping us in that area. Yeah, I don't. I, I think what you're saying is we don't want some young brash person who has all the answers over here, uh, but yeah. a little maturity, a little bit cultural sensitivity, or maybe a it's lot. A but you know, the cultural adjustment for me was very easy because. I don't see some of the, a lot of the underlying things you probably see, but mm. I have found everybody over here to be very, very friendly and welcoming, very hospitable, uh, and and the fishing is incredible. If for any reason you just have a couple years between <laughs> ministries and you want to get the best fishing, <coughs> trout fishing, fly fishing, saltwater fishing of your life and hunting, but that's a whole different subject. <laughs> the best of your life. It's always. A dream of every fisherman to come to New Zealand and it's here I'm telling you we I was able to do a little while I was here but I, I think the idea is you know there are some pastors who retire and they really mm. don't want to plunge into a pastor but if they could be an influencer for someone over here and just kind of nudge them in the be a mentor somebody yeah to bounce off Bible questions and theology and help them other pastors think through those things and help what you're doing on on throughout the country uh, that that would be one approach. Mm. The other approach is to get some of these young people into good schools, like you said. So yeah, uh, there's that possibility. How, now, Jeff, you were part of the uh, theological. What do you want to call it? The symposium. Yeah, is that what we're calling it? Yep. And that was like an experiment uh, to have deeper theological discussions. I presented on uh, the Bible's assurance of salvation, doctrine of assurance of salvation. And you presented on the covenants in the future of Israel. Uh, so just a word about what, how you think that went um, just yesterday, which was a Sunday. And uh, how, what do you think we can do to help the churches steer more towards the free grace movement? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought yesterday went, went well. It's the first time we've done it. Uh, we had about... 20, 20 there, and I, I, the idea really came from the Chafer Theological Seminary conferences, pastor conferences that happen every year. Um, also, I know Free Grace Alliance does uh, does conferences. So 
It was the goal uh, was to bring like-minded people together around um, our distinctives, and free grace theology is certainly one of those distinctives, as is God's faithfulness to Israel and in, in under the uh, covenants of the Old Testament. So we we dealt with those two key issues for us. They don't get a lot of um, talk generally in the New Zealand church, and so we. Um, yeah, it was just a way to uh, encourage one another, clarify what we believe, and how do we convince and persuade the next generation to take these doctrines into their hearts, make them part of their worldview, and cling to them and persuade even the next generation. Second Timothy 2.2, you know, teach these to faithful men who are going to teach them to others. So... Um, always in the back of our mind here in New Zealand in, in the orchard and in uh, Winter Bible School is the next generation and how do we pass on the faith that we love so much to them faithfully. And so I think uh, in future we're going to probably want to have more young people at these events presenting papers, dialoguing, uh, dealing with the difficult um passages that seem to go against our position at first and clarifying how, how do we deal with these. And and I really love Charlie's book. I'll put a plug in for Charlie's <laughs> book, the black and white book. Um, black and white book. Yeah, every young, uh, young person should have that book on their shelf because that will help them know what the uh, alternative interpretations are on various passages dealing with Lordship salvation on the one hand and free grace salvation on the other to see that there's more than one way of looking at these passages and that it actually does fit very well within the free grace framework when you have a truth and b truth justification truth and sanctification truth you got to figure out what is the author talking about here and Charlie's book is really good on that and so just training the, the young men and women in those areas will just help them to uh, be so effective as evangelists and disciple makers in the next generation. So it's good to be part of that. Yeah, and I, uh, not to shamelessly plug, but the name of the book is Grace, Salvation, Discipleship, because I don't know if people are going to find it on Amazon with black and white. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I, I think, you know, those who might be listening here are often used to hearing some theological teaching or theological discussion purposely are not going down a lot of theological trails here. But we, I think what I wanted to do is make those who have listened uh, aware of the great need down here, the great desire to see mm-hmm. a clear gospel for their countrymen and their brothers, their fellow Kiwis in New Zealand and beyond because there is a missionary spirit here and and to ask the question are you are you really a world christian are you concerned about uh, a country on the other side of the world that is i don't want to use the word begging that doesn't Mm. sound good but really crying out for uh some who can come and reinforce that message here in various ways and i think one thing churches could do or pastors who are listening or influencers and churches who are listening could do is invite you up to the United States to share your vision and ministry and maybe do some recruiting of retired pastors or 
others who might want to come down. Not they don't have to be retired pastors, mm. just good good people who know the Bible who can come down and stand alongside in some of these churches and and have an influence. So you will get the contact information on the introductory text, and people can get a hold of you. If we can get you up there for a free grace, another Free Grace Alliance conference, yeah. you can network with some more, more <clears throat> people because that's what we do. We connect, encourage, and equip with the Free Grace Alliance, um, which is coming up in Baltimore this October 2023. Um, so th- that's what I, my challenge, I guess, is be, for those who are listening is to, there's just some good stuff going on here. It's a wonderful country. It's a delightful country to use a common Kiwi phrase. <laughs> you don't have to tip when you go out and buy a dinner, and the exchange rate is really good. Yeah, yeah. So you can live really well if you're an American. You just need to learn to l- drive on the left side of the road. Yeah. And my suggestion is for any guys, just leave your wives at home for the first couple days. <laughs> Until you get the knack of it yeah. and, and make sure she doesn't die of a heart attack. But... Um, um, <laughs> my wife will appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's my challenge to those who might hear. So pray for New Zealand, but do more than that. Uh, connect with uh, uh, Tori through the, con- the links that we'll, we'll leave with you. Um, and we'll, we'll see how Jeff ends up at, uh, in ministry. We, we've been talking about some of his plans, so I don't want to say too much. Um, but again, how would you challenge folks that might be listening, and not just in America, but around the world? Yeah, really good question. Um, man, I mean, you nailed it so clearly on the weekend. The gospel is about go. And, um, you know, we, we're going out into our country. We want to see as many people one for Christ. And just a fun story. Um, we had a Jehovah's Witness friend that is, um, came to Winter Bible School. We met him probably two months ago. Um, through a, a mutual friend and built a friendship with him and he started coming to our life group and he heard that there was a church so he said can I come to the church and we said yeah sure he had been kicked out of the Jehovah's Witness and swore that he would never go back to another church and so about six weeks ago what do you know he walked into church on the Sunday morning and he saw the brochure there for Winter Bible School and he said can I come to that and I thought well yeah sure so he came to it and just watching him on the Friday and the Saturday as Dr Charlie was just talking about assurance of salvation and went up and talked to him and he said you know what he said I don't have to do anything he said it's all done it's all done and I said if you placed your faith in Christ and he says you know what? He said, I just need to figure the Trinity. And I said, well, some of us are still trying to figure the Trinity. You know? <laughs> Let me know what you do. <laughs> it's not your connection per se uh, to the entirety of the Trinity and understanding it all. It's, it's placing your faith in the person of Jesus Christ, understanding that he is the Son of God. And, you know, just the joy and understanding yesterday morning that he came up at the end of church and he said, yes, I belong to Christ. And that's our passion is to see people of all persuasions come to faith in Jesus Christ and to take that message across our country and into other parts of the world as well. And it's the message of the free grace of Jesus Christ. And so anything that we can do to promote that is our passion. And if some way we can partner with our dear friends in the US and that can be of mutual benefit, that would be absolutely fabulous. So um, thanks for allowing us the opportunity to have a little bit of a voice and for, for promoting our cause down here. We really do appreciate it. 
Well, you know, I admire you and Jeff and the others that I've been associating with here. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, to see your passion and your vision for the country and to talk to the wife of this, this man who mm -hmm. is just rejoicing that, that, you know, he's finally crossed the line, so, yeah. to, so to speak, and, and understands the grace message. That was all very exciting. Uh, I just have one more question in closing. If people were to go to longstoryshort.co, C-O, yep. um, what will they find? How is the story presented? Yeah, very good. Um, and that's an important point there. It is .co, not .com or .org. Um, long story short, one word, .co. Um, there, you'll find 11 modules there. Um, you need to keep in mind that this is not designed for people in the church to use. It's not designed as an evangel as a um, discipleship resource. This is designed for people that don't believe that there is no God. They're not sure about the Bible, um, so they have they are they are ignorant. They're, they're far from Christ, and so it starts off and it just says this is why we can. Well, it starts off with mystery, actually, that just explores and asks the question, just maybe there is a God. The next one gives the basic structure of the Bible and why you can trust it a little bit. And then we just work, walk through the journey of the Bible. Um, who is God in relation to creation? Who are we? Um, sinfulness of man. Babel is really important. We spend a lot of time in Babel because at Babel you understand um, all the big questions. Where did all the different ethnicities come from? Where did all the world religions come from? And they all have their origins if you run back into Babel where they not only defied God but replaced God at the Tower of Babel. And then we work through Israel and then right through into the New Testament and follow the life of Christ. So there's um, 11 modules, seven of those are the, are the real kickers that are explaining the message of the cross. Um, it's progressive at the front end. It's not always presenting Christ. It's, it's, a, it's written a little bit like the Bible would, and it's pointing to, it's pointing to, it's pointing to, until it gets to the New Testament. Then it comes very clear that we're talking about the person of Jesus Christ that you need to put your faith into. Um, and then at the end, there's an opportunity for people to respond to faith in Christ. So it's a video series. It was filmed all around the world. Um, and it has a leader's resource that goes with that. So 140 or 120, I think it is, of the key questions that have been asked um, in these groups over the last 25 years. We have a, a video recording people giving a response to those questions. There's also in the leader's guide a written response, a short question and an expanded question. And what we do find is that lots of churches use the leader's guide for small groups because Christians often have all of those questions that are, you know, if they're trying to understand the Trinity or all those sorts of things. So it's a wonderful resource. And just a footnote I'd put to that, we're in the middle of redeveloping that and so um, mid next year, there will be Long Story Short 2, um, which is a, a reworking of the existing series. And then we're at the same time, we're simultaneously working on a discipleship series and a new evangelistic series, both of which will be filmed all around the world. So we, we want it to be highly engaging. People will watch this because it's got vid good videography. Others will watch it because it's a journey around the world. And hopefully some will be watching it because they want to understand who Jesus Christ is and they come to faith in him. It is very well done videos. And does the Kiwi accent run throughout? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I think some will watch it just for the delightful Kiwi <coughs> accent. <laughs> um, so... 
the Winter Bible School, I'll put a plug in for that because you put all the teaching online yes. from past years as well as this yep. year's conference, which will be up very soon. By the yep. time this podcast goes out, you can go to winterbiblescool.co.nz, as we would say in America, or NZ, and listen to even even me teach, <laughs> teaching Romans and uh, Jeff Graham teaching Bibliology and Graham Blakey doing an excellent series on the Psalms. Yeah. So I would suggest you go there. You can go back a few years and hear Dave Anderson and other other excellent teachers. So we appreciate what's going on down here. God's doing some things, and, and God's really using Tori and Jeff in their ministries. And we look forward to seeing what you'll do and hope to keep that connection strong with mm. the, the free grace movement Absolutely. around the world. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your hospitality. And uh, we'll put this information where people can get a hold of you. And hopefully you'll get a little feedback. And uh, I would like to see people inviting you up to the United States, to their churches, to share your ministry. Um, I don't think finances would be a big obstacle. Um, uh, that's the challenge, to be a world Christian and think about this part of the world. So thanks for listening. Till next time. Thank you for listening. For more resources or to help spread the message of God's life-changing grace, visit our website at gracelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at simplybygrace at gracelife.org. See you next time.